Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, sometimes as a, as a preacher, sometimes when you are preparing a message, you know, you have to work really hard for it. You know what God wants to do. You know what you want to say. And you've got to work and you've got to just, you've got to press in and you've got to work. And, and other times, and people who preach will tell you this, other times you just get this straight message that you know is from the Lord. And um, just about three or four days into this fast, I was reading just my regular everyday devotional reading, which was the book of Leviticus. Let's be honest, you don't expect to hear anything particularly profound from Leviticus. Let's just, we'll be real Christians tonight. I was reading it thinking, thank you, Jesus, for Leviticus. But as I was reading, uh, God just spoke to me so clearly, so, so very clearly for a word for this church in this season. And I wrote, you know, it happens every now and again, not often, where in that moment I wrote pretty much the whole sermon and I felt immediately and I sent Pastor Matt a message saying, I'm going to preach this on the 24th. I'm going to preach this on the last night of the fast. So tonight, let's turn to Leviticus chapter 25. Leviticus 25. I wonder if I could get a couple of these lights just down just a tad, if that's okay. Leviticus 25, verse 1. Tonight... Pastor Mike said a couple of weeks ago that he's not very good at coming up with sermon titles. Neither am I. It was hard to come up with a title for this. But tonight we're calling it Rest, Release, Redeem. Leviticus 25 verses 1 to 12. The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. Verse 8, count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to, to your own clan. And the 50th year shall be a year of jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you, eat only what is taken directly from the fields. You know, we read about the Sabbath, and it men it's mentioned a few times in the Old Testament. The first time that we hear of the Sabbath is uh, when God is speaking to the people of Israel, just as they come out of the land of Egypt in the book of Exodus. And, uh, and Moses gives this law handed down by God, and he says on the seventh day, number seven, 
is the day of Sabbath, the day of rest, the day that you're going to rest from working, just as God rested on the seventh day. And uh, Pastor Matt has been preaching since Vision Sunday a month ago uh, about creation, the days of creation. And so tonight, you know, as I looked at this, we are talking about the year of the soul and what's good for our soul. And we're also in a season of prayer and fasting. I believe in this passage, those two things kind of come together and intersect a little bit. And um, just bear with me for a few moments as we unpack this tonight, because we talk about the Sabbath. And maybe today, in modern times, we kind of think that just means, well, Sunday we go to church. Or maybe we think it kind of means that God said, take a nap. Rest is good, take a nap. You know, you always read these articles, and um, I read my news feed in the morning. I try and read the news, you know, um, and uh, I read my news on my phone to try and keep up to date with what's going on in the world. But every now and again, if you read your news online, you know, they feed you these things that they think are going to be good for you. And inevitably, there's always something about rest and about how tired and overworked you are, which is not encouraging to read when you've just woken up on Monday morning. But you see all these articles about rest and why you need to rest. And the, the truth is, I don't need to preach to you about why rest is good. We know rest is good. We're about to take a rest from all that fasting. And we're ready. Who's re I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to eat bread. Amen. <laughs> Fasting certainly reveals to you what you really love to eat, doesn't it? When you, suddenly when you can't eat it, suddenly it's the one thing that you want to eat. And I've been doing the Daniel fast, and so I'm ready to eat some bread again. But, you know, you read all these articles, and it talks about the importance of rest. It improves your memory. It can make you smarter if you rest more. Uh, you know, they are looking at all these studies at the moment about improving the longevity of your life relating to sleep, which is, that's encouraging, because if you like to sleep, Somewhere out there is a study, and if you do enough Googling, you'll find a study about everything that will confirm that you'll probably be smarter and live longer if you rest. But here's the thing about the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't just about God saying, well, take a nap, take it easy, put your feet up tonight. I'm not going to preach to you about sleep or about rest. So stay awake. We're not going to talk about that. But I just want to paint a picture for you because we sometimes think, you know, does it really mean Sunday? Does it really mean, is it Saturday? Don't the Jews celebrate? You know, what does it really mean? Does it mean that I can't do anything? Is it okay to shop? You know, when Sunday trading happened and the shops opened, I do remember that when it became a thing and people wondered, is it okay as a Christian to go to Chadston and shop on a Sunday because, you know, it's a Sabbath? But just imagine for, for a moment that you're the people of Israel and you've been in Egypt and you're ready to receive the new law that God is going to give to you. You see, the Bible tells us that the people of Israel were in slavery for 430 years. 430 years. That means that the people that were alive at the moment that the Red Sea parted had no memory of anything other than slavery. They were born into it. Their parents were born into it. Their parents' parents were born into it. In other words, for generations and generations and generations, all they knew was slavery. And here's the thing about slavery. Work is your life when you're a slave. You literally live or die on work. You get up in the morning and you work and no one pays you and you don't get double time if it's Sunday and you don't get double time and a half if you have to work on a public holiday and there's no weekends, there's no long weekends, there's no day off. You get up, 
you work and then you go to bed that day and you get up again and you work. And this had happened for 430 years. Just nudge the person next to you, say 430 years. Oops. Because sometimes we read these things in the Bible we read 430 years and we think, oh yeah, okay, and we move on. And we don't think about it. But they had never known anything other than work. And in Exodus, when Moses first comes on the scene, cast your mind back to that, the first time that he goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go, Pharaoh says, no way, I'll do something better. You're going to make the same amount of bricks, people of Israel, and I'm going to give you no straw. Remember that? So their whole life was about their work. You want to talk about being consumed by your work? We talk about it today. We talk about being more than our work, but their life was about work. In other words, they had to fulfill a quota. Every day they got up, Anthony, you better produce X amount of bricks. And if Anthony didn't produce X amount of bricks, guess what he went to bed thinking about that night? Hungry, tired, and exhausted. I've got to make up for the number of bricks. They told me 40, I only did 35. I've got to make sure I work extra hard because tomorrow I've got to make 40 and I've got to make an extra five on top of that because my life is about my work. And all they knew was work. And God takes them out of Egypt and he brings them to the wilderness and he says, we're going to establish a new culture. We're going to establish a new land. And here's what I'm going to write into the law for you. You get a day off. You see how powerful that is because we don't understand. We talk about the eight hours and I work nine to five and maybe some of us, we have the kind of job where it's five o'clock, I'm out the door. You know, people like that. If you ever watch the show, The Office, there's always someone who, you know, there's a character named Stanley and um, he doesn't do anything. He can't pay attention to anything. He picks up nothing, but man, he's got like an absolute instinct for when it's five o'clock and he just walks straight out the door. And some of us look at our work like that, but God actually did something profound in the people of God when he said, I'm going to make it a law. It has to happen. For your whole lives, you've never been given any rest. For your whole lives and your parents' lives and their parents' lives and your children's lives. You've seen your children go into slavery and I'm going to make it a law that you get to rest. And we've kind of spent all this time in later years thinking about the fact that God said we had to take a day off. But for them, they got to take a day off. And God spoke rest into their situation. God gave them a new law. You know, I sense that there are people here tonight and you have been striving for so many things. And one of the great blessings that God gives us is he gives us rest. You know, God was still called creator on day seven and he did nothing. He did not do a thing, but we still call him creator. Let me encourage you. You may not see what God is doing in your life right now, but he's still God. He's still the creator, even if it seems like he's not working. God brings to us rest. God brings release. You see, the Sabbath meant more than just rest. It meant something else. It meant, number two, release. We often think of just the Sabbath as being about rest. I'll just put my feet up. It's the Sabbath. I'll use it as an excuse not to do the housework. It's the Lord's Day. That's what I say in my house anyway. It's the Lord's Day. <laughs> don't want to cook. Don't want to do anything. 
But let me read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 2. In the New Living Translation, it says this, for the time of the Lord's release has arrived. Talking about the same Sabbath year, the same seventh year, that as they counted off those seven years, they didn't just have a Sabbath day. Every seven years, they had a Sabbath year. That Sabbath year meant that they could not work, they did not harvest anything, and for them, farming was their economy. So imagine it like no trading, no shopping, but instead, they were to believe that God would provide for them on the seventh year. And so God designed the Sabbath on the seventh day, and then on the seventh year, the Sabbath year, and then he said on the seven times seven, after 49 years on the 50th year, is the year of Jubilee. And it signified a time of release. You see, seven represents completeness, wholeness in the Bible. When you see seven, it represents something. And so this is what God was saying to them. Completeness, wholeness is coming when you experience release. And so in Deuteronomy 15, verse 2, it says, The time of the Lord's release has arrived. When those years come, when that time of Sabbath release came, it was a time of release. And here's what it meant for release. You see, when you became bankrupt in the ancient world, you didn't have any money. You could go to someone that you knew and you could say, Excuse me, Pastor Dave. I know that you've got a lot of money because you've always got some kind of scheme going on, building tables, selling dogs. You've got, someone pays you to do their Instagram, I'm sure. And so I can go to Pastor Dave and I can say, I'm really in need, Pastor Dave. I need $50,000. And because Pastor Dave is loaded, he'd say, and he's kind as well. He can say, yes, you can have that. But here's the thing. We didn't have banks. There was no Commonwealth Bank. There were no financial advisors. There was no one to do the spreadsheet up, Pastor Alex, and tell us what we owed. So this was the system. This was their economy. Pastor Dave would say, you can have the 50,000, but you've got to work for me. You've got to be my slave. That's how you pay it back. If you couldn't pay it back, that's it. I was owned by Dave, and not just me, because I'd spent all my husband's money back at Chadston, my husband, myself, and my two kids become slaves to Pastor Dave. That's how they did it. That was their economy. That's how people operated in those days. We're just using Pastor Dave as an example. I don't think of him this way, everyone. It's all right. Pastor Dave's a good guy. But if you were wealthy, you had the control. But here's the thing. God says to them... The people of God, when he is creating this new law, he says, I'm going to create some new rules for you. You see, because, because you're a people of God, you can't be someone's slavery. You've done that. That time of slavery, that time of bondage is over. And so if I go to Pastor Dave and he says, you have to be my slave, here's what happens. I can only work for him for six years. And then on the seventh year, Pastor Dave calculates it and says, yeah, you still owe me 30000 You guys didn't work as hard as you could have. On the seventh year, he has to release me even if I owe him money. And it gets better than this. It gets better than this. Because let's say that I'm really bad at finances. And I go to Lanita on year six. Next year's the Jubilee year, Sabbath year, year of release. And I say, Lanita, 
because you're the business manager and you know what you're doing with your life. I need money, Lenita. Lenita, can you lend me $50,000? Now, Lenita's smart. She's good with numbers. And she does the numbers and realizes in 12 months' time, she's going to have to forgive my debt. And she's thinking, I'm never going to get $50,000 worth of work from her. I spoke to Pastor Dave. He said she was pretty useless. She doesn't cook very well. She's not a good slave. Here's what God said. He said, Lenita can't say no to me. Lenita, even though she knows it's not a loan, she knows that in a year I can't pay it back. Listen to this. This is so important. God says she can't say no. You can't say no. It's against the law to say no. You're just giving me the money. And everyone knew that because the year, the seventh year, was so holy, was so precious to the Lord that she had to forgive my debts even though I only asked her for one year. And God actually wrote it into the law to say, you can't say, oh, ask me again another time, thinking you'll get seven years of work out of me. You have to say yes, and you have to forgive all of my debts. There has to be a release on the seventh year. And then when there's seven times seven, the number of wholeness and completeness in the Bible, the 50th year of Jubilee, no matter what you owe, you get to be freed. You get release on the year of Jubilee. And so they released debts. And they released people from slavery. You couldn't be a slave for longer than six years if you were part of the community of God. And it tells us something. People often focus on the fact that there was slavery in the Bible. But what you've got to understand is that every culture did it at that time. But what was different is that if you went to Israel, you knew that you had to be free after seven years. In other words, God never intended for us to be bound by anything for a permanent period of time. He always brings a release. And so people had debt, people had things that they were bound by, and God provided this year of release and a release of debts. But then there was the ultimate release, the year of Jubilee. The big one, seven times seven, which equals 49. And then on the 49th year, they would say next year is the Jubilee year. And in the Old Testament, it literally means, Jubilee means liberation or freedom. You know, in America, you can go and see the Liberty Bell. And you can go and you can do all these great tours about the Declaration of Independence. And when you do... It actually quotes the Jubilee year, the time of the Lord's release has come. Liberation and freedom for all. That's where they got the idea of liberty from, from the Jubilee year. And so we see that God provides this Sabbath, but it means so much more than rest for us. It actually means that God is going to release for people release financial problems, release finances that are people that are crippled by debt, release of people who are in bondage. And then the Jubilee year comes. And you may have heard some scriptures about the Jubilee year, but not realize what it meant. You see, in Isaiah 61, Isaiah says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he begins to speak. And Jesus later on stands up many years later 
and he stands up in a synagogue. And in Luke chapter 4, he says this, and, and understand that people reacted. People were so upset when Jesus said this. But as we look at this, you'll understand why. Because Jesus stood up and he read that in Isaiah 61, and we see it recorded in Luke chapter 4, in verses 18 to 19, Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What he was saying right then is he was saying Jubilee is now. But he was saying something more than that. He wasn't saying I did the calculations and I timed seven by seven and I worked out that's 49 and then I added one. And so it's a Jubilee year and we're going to release people from debt. We're going to release those who are oppressed. We won't have any more bondage. What he was saying was something much more important because everyone knew when he read that that day that that original scripture in Isaiah 61 was talking about the Messiah and when they when Isaiah spoke about that he wasn't talking about a literal jubilee year he was declaring that when the Messiah came it would be a jubilee a season of release forever and that when Jesus Christ came and he stood up and he said these words he said this is happening right now in your sight there's a reason they got upset because he was saying I'm it this is the jubilee it's time to free those who are bound it's time to release the Lord's favor amongst those who need it today because I'm here now and we don't have to wait seven years we don't have to wait 49 years we can experience release now because God has declared the year of the Lord's favor the year of release has come thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church to stay up to date Check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.